Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for joining us on this dreary February Thursday evening. Uh, it is season four, episode four, the Ball Bags podcast. I'm your host, the Sasquatch, and delighted to be joined by the Chief. How are you, my fine sir? I'm great, Sasquatch. How are you? Yeah. Um, I'm somewhat positive. I might have the uh, might have that Friday feeling a bit early. Um, and joining us for this week, it's Rocky. How are you doing, lads? Sorry. Just just meet my quota and show my face on this podcast. Yeah, um, just <laughs> been conscripted just, in. Just here for the appearance fee alone. Just want to assure the listeners, I have no no intention nor desire to be here, but I've been told my job is on the line, so I'm here. Yeah, there is a mandatory appearance that's acquired. Now, the Tash keeps, barring that one fateful appearance, he keeps keeps dodging us. It's funny because... He is the... Donald Trump of podcasts. He he's he's the draft dodger of. Yeah. I'd say it's he's the, the talent Jesus of this podcast. In that, <laughs> we're not fully convinced he ever existed. But uh, look, that's a bit of a theological question, and it's not the man, the myth, and the legend. Um, but yeah, look, the, the the layer of the show is not going to change too much. Um, a slight deviation with player of the week, but we'll get to that as as we get there. So. Chief, who's your player of the week and why? So, player of the week for me, um, Tyke Byrne. I think there's a lot of talk about a certain second row partner who done a lot of things right and great, great first Six Nations start and stuff. But Tyke Byrne just went to another level. For someone who's so consistent for Munster in Ireland, I thought... He actually went to another level. Probably his best game in green ever, um, I, I would argue. And I thought just that line he made for his try, obviously Crowley's late pass mm. was was something else. But when you look when you look at the stats, like he's he was very neck and neck with him and um Big Joe. And he actually just edged probably more more of the attacking stats, and I think Big Joe got more of the defensive stats. Um, but yeah, just again, I thought another another step up from where he's been, like, and definitely my my player of the week. I'm gonna pull an audible, um. So whoa, heard the notes. The show notes, I actually had Smoke and Joe McCarthy down. But it was just when you were going on about the line he took for his try and the pass from Crowley. I'm going to change it to Crowley. And I know this is very unprofessional, the drop he's in the chance. I'm not um, I'm not pleased with this at all. But I just, I always like to factor in more than the performance of my player of the week. And I just think 
going to France, Six Nations debut, massive question marks over how this the squad was going to perform in the Six Nations. And to fill, look, arguments can be made, but regardless, to fill legendary boots and do it so well, I, I thought Jack Crowley did. I know he made mistakes, I know it wasn't a perfect performance, but every time he made a mistake, he bounced back from it. He mm. showed the memory of a goldfish, which you have to do at the high level of sport. And there was some gorgeous touches around the park, some gorgeous moments, and the bloke is nowhere near his ceiling. So I just thought pressure that was applied, and you're playing the French in France, um, on the very rare Friday evening game as well. So, yeah, I, mm. I'm i going to audible and go... Jack, oh sorry, Jack Crowley, yeah. Yeah. And Smoke, Smoke and Joe McCarthy. Yeah. But that, look. I think, like, very, uh, I think a lot of the external pressure was actually from a lot of mainstream Irish rugby media because of the f- boots to fill in Johnny Sexton. It's like, Anything that could have been scrutinised was scrutinised from his performance. And that has seemed to, from from what I've seen, that's taken a lot more, or there's a lot more talk about it than the good he did in the game. Mm. You know, like they're, they're hype, they seem to be hypercritical of the risks he took. Like the, a couple of kicks didn't work out. On a different pitch, the one that went dead, the kick that went dead sits up and we you know, potentially goal line dropout or we score a try off it. You know, it in that instance it was the it was the right decision, poor execution. So I thought like like you say with the memory of a goldfish, he didn't let it stunt mm-hmm. him. He he kept with the plan. He he played his game. He was yeah, he he had a great first start in the Six Nations, especially as you say with replacing Johnny. In that in that cauldron as well, like so. Fair. So, Rocky's on for a bit of a special reason. So he hasn't provided us with a player of the week. So Rocky, if you were doing the bare to minimum here, player of the week. Uh, well, I think it, it does say a lot that um, you can audible out of Joe McCarthy to another uh, deserving member of the squad. Um, I think in this case, I'm going to have to side with uh, Tig. Um, good man, good man. Good to see brown nosing for lack of appearances is not a factor. Of course not. Appearance. So yeah, Tyg Tygborn. Happy to give it to Tyg, and, and I do think less was made of his performance because of young Joe McCarthy, mm. even though he was awesome. Yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll take the win on this. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Um. So now, look, you know what time it is. It's uh, agree to disagree. Chief, you're deputising for us. So, this week I'm going to the round ball and the FAI and the national team. So, obviously the FAI yet to appoint a replacement for Stephen Kenny. Rumours that Lee Carsley has declined the job. Also, he may not be dead in the water in that situation, but... Do we think the job is not appealing to potential candidates due to a perceived lack of quality in the squad and maybe support from the FAI? And 
on top of that, who do we think would be the good option to take over? It's a it's a loaded question, mm. to be honest with you. And look, I don't want to dance around the answer. Brutally honest, it's probably not a very attractive position. It probably may never be again, and that's a bit grim reaper esque. But unfortunately, there's a bit of geopolitics in this. In that, when money came into the Premier League. The Premier League got globalised and there wasn't the desire for Irish players to fill squads. So as a result, the development of Irish players has somewhat fallen back on the FAI as opposed to the academy systems in the UK. Mm. You can slate the FAI for that if you want, for not developing talent. They do seem to be starting to bring through a few more talented pieces. You have to look at Connor Bradley's emergence at Liverpool and go, well, we really missed the trick there and not pulling him in because you're very shy there or very close there to having an international calibre, Premier League calibre, striker in Evan Ferguson and then someone like Connor Bradley in the squad. It's a very attractive position. There's that. You know, like we, we have to get over the fact that Johnny Delaney was Johnny Delaney. But there's still been some unsavoury moments in his departure so Stephen Kenny didn't have a great tenure mm. unfortunately um, I was all former at the time it started off badly with the whole incident in um, Wembley you've had issues of governance um, across both men's and women's games um, all the way up to the CEO and stuff like that so just not very attractive yeah <sighs> It's hard to say who the best person for the job is because you want because because it's not a clean job. You probably want someone in there who's in it for the right mm. reasons, and in it for the right reasons, and being the caliber of coach. It's hard to get that balance. It's, it's hard to get that yeah. person. Um, I'm not sure they exist. Like the the favorite now is is Roy Keane. Is that a step back? Is it someone who is divisive enough with with this new generation mm. that the players just aren't going to warm to that whole like tough polish yeah. roots, tough, tough love. love? Yeah, it just doesn't work anymore, unfortunately. So I don't know who who the man, who the right man is. Yeah, the right person. I, I think it might be easier to kind of rule out who you don't want to take over and like as a united supporter and massive fan of Keane as a player like one of my top five united players of all time i don't know if i'd like to see him as the manager i just i think he he's been too long out of uh like a, a proper manager role himself like he's been assistant manager to martin o'neill and stuff his old school way is probably like the younger generation won't won't take it as you say like they're they're not for that it's like can he can he adapt possibly but like he how he demands high standards and like if people slack off and stuff 
is it going to be an overreaction by him? Is it going to be, you know, it's like, well, do you know what? I'm just not going to play international football anymore because unless we get a change of coach. I think Neil Lennon's name has been mentioned there as well. It's Again. it's not it's not the player. Like, look, he, he took Celtic as far as he could. Like, he's he won leagues. Like, it's it's a poor league. Like, but it's, you know, and everyone knows that. It's, it's, it's a two-team league. And when you look... Champions League failed to get into the group stage on so many occasions in the group stages then failed to get out of the group it's like you know it's not it's not someone that excites me uh, a name I would think might do a good job Chris Hewton you know he's just been let go from yeah. uh, is it Ghana he was with or um, yeah um, you know, after the AFCON and um, stuff, so. There's an element where, as well, arguably it's not about the head man. It's about mm. who's behind him. Like, because the way Kenny wanted to play football yeah. was right. And there was a lot of goodwill with Kenny coming in. So arguably he needed this, like the common sense to say, we need to get results play ugly football and then build up the colour of the player. Like he was playing, say it was a five-year plan. He was playing year five football Mm. in year one. And it just, he kind of butchered it. And did he butcher it because he'd known in his ear saying, look, no, this is what we need to do. This is, is, these are the players we need to build through. Because the players actually do seem to be starting to come through. Yeah. You talk about having Ferguson. But, it's just a case of he's not going to be the man to having put so much work in developing them through the underage system he's not going to be the man to see the fruition of his labour because he couldn't get years one to three yeah get get the result like you take Scotland as an example they played ugly and got results and now they're playing they're playing okay I think I think Scotland I think Scotland have a massive advantage and Wales have a massive advantage over us now whereas they didn't in that their players are British players, so they start having a factor on the financial fair play rules. Plus, they have clubs in in Wales's case, yeah, in the yeah. professional English league structure, and in Scotland's case, outside of the Scottish professionals playing in the Premier League and top trades and the lower leagues, they have their own yeah. professional football league. Mm. We just don't have that, so I think they have a, an advantage over us anyway. Yeah, that's so. a fair point. It's nice to press him on the stairs. So Look, chief, thanks. Can't can't all be uh, sparklers and fucking celebrations, you know? With the like the rugby team is doing that for us, but you know, it's like had to bring it down a level, you know. Who? <laughs> who? Um, Rocky, you've been silent. You've been waiting. Oh, I've been waiting for this. Going to do a wee preview now on the the big fixture of the weekend you might argue um the super bowl the kansas city chiefs versus the san francisco 49ers uh the chiefs went 11 and 6 in the regular season the 49ers went 12 and 5 kansas city coming in with the 15th ranked offense the second ranked defense and san fran are coming in with the third ranked offense and defense um so Lads, rather than spitting a myriad of stats at you, 
What do you think is going to go down um, this Super Bowl Sunday? We're looking at a, a a Kansas team that's much maligned for its talent, its its stars, and its its weapons, versus what might be the polar opposite that it, it's Brock Purdy being surrounded by a stellar cast on his side of the ball. What do you think it comes down to? What's the difference makers this weekend? Yeah, it, it's this is one of the the more I've sat on this as it's gone on over the last fortnight, the more even it keeps appearing to me. Um, and I know they're like polar opposites, as you said, star-studded cast with a heavily debated quarterback. Let's just call it that. Because I, I, I do think he's a lot more talented than he's getting recognition for. Purdy. Mm. But, yeah, Purdy, that is. Versus someone who, if he wins a third ring on Sunday, automatically the conversation starts coming. He doesn't have to win seven. Mm. How many does he have for to win? conversation. Yeah. To run down Tom. Yeah. Mm. Because of his talent level. And the fact that he's now done it without the time to pieces and the fact that realistically speaking Tom's first three Super Bowls are on the back of an impeccable mm. impeccable defence so I, I I struggle to call it um, how Kansas lose is that they they're just overpowered they it's it's the talent of the 49ers roster is just better than Mahomes' talent and I know it's very disrespectful to the remaining the other players in the Kansas City Chiefs and they have been incredible defensively as well but that's just it I mean Kansas's defence really rests upon its past defence its corners are that have been phenomenal this season I think they're the the second ranked passing defence but they fall to 18th in rushing defence and on the other side of the field you've got maybe, you know, a candidate for MVP mm. at running back, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Um, it's going to be tough sledding, and I think we can, we'll can see a lot of reliance on Christian McCaffrey and then those those really well-meshed timing routes between Purdy, Debo Samuel. In fact, we might even see plenty of carries from Debo Samuel in this game because we've seen that... If, Just going to say... Yeah, he has this season as well shown up in the big games he has yeah yeah I, I think a lot of the top no no, no, no sorry, go, go ahead on, chief I was just going to say that prior to the season I think a lot of people had pegged this for his last season in San Francisco but he's made it difficult he's made it a very difficult call um, whether they want to actually mm. yeah yeah stake their claim on on Samuel rather yeah. than Ayuk or or both. I think I think it, it it probably will come down to the running game as opposed to the the passing game in this one. I think um and I think we we had a pre pre Christmas kind of prediction call and I believe I went for the 49ers for it. So I am edging towards them for this and probably see Mac to get MVP. Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP. 
you're not buying in on the uh, 300 to 1 odds on Sam Darnold no. MVP, no? <laughs> It it is worth a, it okay. is worth a euro though if you're if you're passing by Paddy, yeah, Paddy, Paddy Powers. If you yeah, want to lose like, the euro, yeah, you want to yeah. know how to lose a euro? Put it on that. Um, but no, I think yeah, the defense is probably going to play more of a, an impact here than the the offense. Um, and I think the Chiefs have turned it around certainly in the last few weeks. Um, I just think. The 49ers were probably more consistent, even though like Chiefs are ranked second and 49ers third, like are just probably more consistent throughout the whole season. Um but yeah, I think I think 49ers and what a story it'd be for Brock Purdy as well, like to Mr. Irrelevant to a Super Bowl champion if it if it happens. It's you know I think even even just now it's, it's stage, huge. the story is yeah, it's yeah, legendary. Yeah, it's. Um... Yeah. In terms of maybe um, just before we move off very quickly, I and mean, we we were talking about if Patrick Mahomes wins this, he's he's entering mm. that conversation, you know, regardless if he surpasses Tom Brady. What about Andy Reid? Is he coming close? If he wins this, is he coming close? Because he's not too far behind Bill Belichick in the all-time winning record. So, do you still think there's he a is, bit of a he, stretch ahead of Andy Reid, even if he wins this? Andy has a similar problem to Bill. In that he one man under he had one man under center winning them. Yeah, that's that's a good point, but people still hand that accolade to Bill Belichick. It, last two years have done untold damage. The fact that I don't, I'm not sure who who is then. Who is the alternate for for coach of all time? Probably the man the trophy's named after. Uh, yeah, it's not the answer. It's, it's not. It's not. It's, not, it's not the Bill Belichick trophy they're playing maybe, for. It's the <laughs> maybe it's Bill Walsh. Um, I don't know. I think. I think. Yeah. Andy Reid. I, I get where you're coming from have to come into it though it just like you know he yeah yeah definitely and as does bill but it's just i it's i the, do i do take your point in that he has probably hung around longer than he should have he's now entered the era in which he is becoming defunct um and it's just it's begun to, to become obvious the, not sure if you've seen it there was um, Coach Prime was uh, I think it was a Ravens player tweeted something like greatest coach of all time gets passed up in seven head coach opportunities in the league that's like and Jones. Coach Prime was like someone needs to teach this man respect <laughs> teach the youth respect it's like okay the last two years have damaged Belichick but yeah he you know his record speaks for itself too like you know so it's yeah no and i get it but his record yeah. before tom speaks for itself too and i know he won rings as an assistant coach but bill parcells is also a man that's in that discussion yeah i just think that the last couple of years with the patriots it's 
I think people will draw the line between Bill Belichick, the head coach, and Bill Belichick, the general manager. Um, the latter of which has been a disaster class. Um, but even still, the defense or the Patriots' defense has has remained okay not not elite throughout but consistently good and, and and maybe the lone bright spot they've developed some great corners in that system even in the last couple of years when they've been poor uh, Jack Jones was promising before his um legal troubles there JC Jackson was the number one guy um I won't go back too much further to Stefan Gilmore and Trey White they were sort of in those Tom Brady years but um, I think people will separate Bill Belichick, the head coach, and almost not completely right off the last couple of years, but I'm, I don't think they'll factor into it a huge amount, even though it will certainly perhaps mm. maybe just put a dampener on, on the tail end of his legacy. It's, it's more a fact that his legacy is the sandwich. It's not the bread either side. And that's where I think could be the issues. Yeah. But look... We digress. Um, quick one for me, just obviously Six Nations is also on this weekend. So I'm going to do a, a very quick um, round one kind of recap and a quick preview to round two. But a bit of a round the table. Um, nothing too strenuous because I do want to try and tease Rocky in if we can. So quickly just to run around the scores, obviously as we touched on, Friday night, Ireland, awesome. 38-17 against France. Saturday, England laboured to a 27-24 victory over Italia. And then in a crazy game, maybe lacking quality, Scotland overcame Wales 27 points to 26. So without detailing much, if I could just ask each of you to come back, which side out of the six disappointed you the most? Why, maybe? Um, I'll, I'll very... Chief... Chief, do you want to go? I was just going to say, probably France. Probably France. Um, I think any time they looked to... And there's a lot to be said for Ireland's performance. Um, But I think even when it looked as if there might have been a slowing in Ireland's momentum or or when they had started to to put together some some, um, passages of play... It was either mistakes that derailed them, or good defense, or Ireland yeah. sort of <clears throat> countering. Um, and just I think from you just expected more from um, from that side, particularly given their uh, their World Cup. Uh, it was just a very very uh, flaccid sort of debut in the tournament for them. Uh, Scotland for me, it's Gee. like. To be honest, I that Scotland team against such a young Welsh team, they were on the right track for a big, big win, and after the just after they scored after half time, they they managed to go on a run of seventeen consecutive penalties conceded. As like double digit penalties in a game are a killer. Um, I think. Actually, even in the Ireland-France game, Ireland gave away one penalty in the first 32 minutes of the game against France. And then the red card happened. They gave away 12 for the remainder of the game. Probably, you know, uh, because France were down down a man and stuff like that, 
they had a probably thing in their head that they could try a few more things or whatever. But for Scotland, just it, it did. It disappointed me. It's uh, all this talk was like even last year Six Nations. It's like you have to believe your own hype, but you have to back it up. They didn't get the bonus point win. That like when it looked odds on on Saturday to get the bonus point win over Wales, regardless of the fact that they only won by a point, they didn't get the bonus point. And yeah, like do you know if if you know if if you said to someone it's like Scotland twenty seven nil up forty two minutes gone, didn't get a bonus point, didn't score again for thirty eight minutes. Going to cut, going to cut across you. Okay. There's a few quick fire questions. It's, it's not uh, it's not your life story, Chief. Apologies. Uh, mine was England, but sure, we don't get time to go cover that. Why? Uh, flip side, side that impressed you the most? Probably a slam dunk this one. The referees. <laughs> no, Ireland, 100%. The referees. Rocky. Yeah, yeah, I think it has to be Ireland. Well, for me, um, it's the game I paid the most attention to, so. Fair. Um, so that's it. That's a that's a slam dunk, a clean sweep. The player that impressed you the most. Well, he was my player of the week, Tygburn. Um, I might have to go with a uh, smoking Joe. Smoking Joe. Well, look, I can't pull a mulligan and go back to Joe. So I'm not a mulligan, uh, an audible. So I'm gonna go Jack Hurley. But look, that's just how important he is to Ireland over the course of Six Nations. And finally, final kind of quick fire question I have for you, gents. Is there anything outside of all that that caught your eye in round one? And I can go first if you want, if you want a bit of time to think about this because I've thrown it on you. Mm. I will actually go first. Gentleman that I am, falling on my sword. The thing that caught my eye, I don't think it's been talked about enough, has been England's defence against Italy. There's obviously a monster man that has recently taken up a, a position there. And I know there's time taken to bed in, but if you go back and you watch the Italian tries, the defence from England is horrific. Um, maybe they will bed in, but I had high hopes for Felix. <laughs> and mm. not that I want to see England do well or anything like that, but I want to see Felix do well. And he's done a good job in South Africa, so that's something potentially to keep an eye on as the Six Nations progresses. It could be just a complex defensive system, and they will bed in. But wasn't promising. Um, Takeaway for me on it was even with the changes for Ireland, the the guys that came in slotted in so well, executed their roles brilliantly. I know like the there's all the talk of cohesion and stuff and like okay, Joe Joe McCarthy's been in or around squads for two years, you know, kind of came through last year and stuff. But the benefit of that, but Calvin Nash didn't have a lot to do defensively or offensively um, but slotted into the system well uh, so it's like those guys and then obviously Crowley starting and stuff it's like yeah really, that that really impressed me I don't have so much a takeaway but um, I think throughout the week Ireland have been sort of being pressed to retain their, their starting 15 against Italy um, I suppose where do you fall on that in terms of preserving your your main guys? I think 
you can it can be done. No, student. not yet. I think it's yeah, tomorrow. It's squad been being named. named. I haven't actually seen if it has. I think you can manage that a bit more astutely than just a total pull out of the starting fifteen and and replacements. I think there's a few lads who need more game time. Jack uh, Crowley's going to need that more game time. You'd like to see him maybe go with Craig mm. Casey, do the do the run instead of. Jamison Gibson Park or with with Casey off the bench maybe or something. Conor Murray. Um Yeah, no, but if it was Murray to start Casey on the bench. Start Casey. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't see the benefit of Murray at this stage. I I know mm. I think he's he's across that line of hold for a year or yeah. two. Fully blood. I think yeah, you want to get rid of him. Um and I wouldn't mind trying some I know we've touched on it a few times, some um, changes a prop. I wouldn't mind seeing Finley Beelham start loose and yeah. uh, Porter try tight, even if that's the last twenty minutes. Um, or at some point in the game, that's kind of the changes I'd be making smaller, yeah. more shoot ones, and anyone that's carrying nickels, I'd be resting them. Cause you, yeah, ma- like massive games. It's three it's, big it's games. The, three it's the triple crown games. games. You know, after after this weekend. Um, Okay, two of them are at home, but like England and Twickenham, regardless of what level they're at, they always get up for Ireland. You know, it's the they make it difficult. Yeah, we it, it could be a tight game for sixty and then pull away, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go wholesale changes. A couple of positional props is obviously one of them. Um, even if Healy was to miss out this week, in fairness, he done he done well when he came on. Um, I'll give give him his dues. I was worried last week with him being named, mm-hmm. but you know if Lockman is the backup prop this week, you know I'd be happy to see that. Yeah, fair. Um, and look, Italy have also improved drastically. I think to be fair, they haven't got the results, but they have drastically improved. I suppose just quickly before we say Sayonara for agree to disagree. Obviously, fixed this weekend. Scotland, France, Saturday, quarter past two. England, Wales, Saturday, quarter five. It's always a cracker, atmosphere-wise alone, regardless of how sides are performing. And then finally, obviously, Ireland, Italy, Sunday, three o'clock. So, gents, we'd be remiss not to cover this so, week's must-see yeah, TV. My, my fixture is uh, one you just mentioned there in your me? little preview, and it's Scotland, France. Um, Yeah, look, it's, as you say, Saturday quarter past two um, France can't be that bad two weeks in a row I don't think so here's hoping for a good game cool. um, mine's a strange one you might think it's uh, Celtics play the Miami Heat uh, on Sunday at half seven and you're probably thinking Heat aren't going tracking great this year it's first versus seventh in the east Celtics are can run away with the East. Why are we picking it? It's the perfect time to slow you into the Super Bowl. Yeah. And be the slot that you are. Um so that's why I picked that game. Very, very astute of you. Um and then I'm gonna pick that Super Bowl. Um it's on at half eleven on Sky Sports, BBC uh, Virgin Media. I think well, so. I think and ITV might actually have very well could be. Um just I think they might have it as well. 
Rocky, is it on your favorite streaming platform? It is, of course, but I might actually avoid using them. that. Uh, we will that not particular boost their ratings. Um, no, I, exactly. Yeah, having paid quite a handsome sum for the for the pleasure of using the service, I I would love to see your complaint letters sent. I've <laughs> I have exquisite. gotten onto them throughout the year. Um, but I tell you, it's you can't yeah. fight City Hall, gents. Well, that's all for me. Gents, it's all for me. And that's all for me. Thank you. And guten tag. <laughs>